And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Disney History. I am your host, Milo Beasley, coming to you live from the Milo Beasley Show studio, which according to my map uh, uh, app on my phone is 20 miles east of the Magic Kingdom Park at the Walt Disney World Resort. Yes, I looked it up just before I hit record, just so I could say that. Uh, so we have a man, we got. A, I'm looking at this list. We have a lot of things. Uh, some of these things that I was at, so I can try to give some of my personal experience as well. So uh, again, we have a lot of things. So we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it. We're gonna start with Sunday, Sunday to Saturday. So Sunday, February seventh. We're gonna start with February seventh, nineteen forty. Walt Disney's second animated feature, Pinocchio, has its world premiere in New York City. New York City! Uh, <laughs> yes, so Pinocchio is the second animated feature uh, produced by Disney, of course, after the monumental hit Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, came out a couple years earlier. So uh, Pinocchio is obviously critically acclaimed, one of the best technical movies, anim- especially animated movies of all time. Um uh, you know, uh, it's been it's been a long time since I saw. It. I mean, I've seen it recently, but prior to that, and I forgot some of the scenes and how good they are. Um, obviously, the Pleasure Island. I mean, think about you know, uh, 1940 Pleasure Island. Uh, that you know um, became a I don't want to say a land, but an area at Disney Springs or downtown Disney <laughs> at uh, Walt Disney World. So uh, it just has it just. A long time lingering movie, a favorite movie. There's still uh, Pinocchio's Daring Journey over at Disneyland. Thankfully, uh, amazing dark ride. Um, so happy birthday to Pinocchio. You're finally, what is this, uh, 81? Is that right? 81 years. Wow. All right, moving on. Uh, February 7th, 1947. Wanted to give a happy birthday to the late. Wayne Allwine, who was, if you don't know, the third voice, the uh, third official voice of Mickey Mouse himself. Uh, you know, uh, there's only, I think, been four, maybe now five official voices of Mickey Mouse. So, uh, yeah, Wayne Allwine, who, uh, if you were obviously in the 90, 80s, 90s, um, that was that was your Mickey. On February 7th, 2006, Bambi 2 is released on VHS and DVD. I don't think I... I don't think I saw Bambi 2. Did anybody out there see Bambi 2? I mean, not that that's, you know... But I really don't know how many of these direct-to-DVD movies that I have actually seen. I've seen Little Mermaid 2. That might be it. Moving on. Uh, February 7th, 2008, Walt Disney Parks announces that American Idol attraction is coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, We will actually, spoilers, talk about American Idol later on in the episode, but um, we'll go ahead and talk about it now a little bit. Uh, I I had gone to uh, American Idol several times 
to uh, to catch the show. If you aren't familiar with the premise, so American Idol, if you are uh, familiar with the television show, same thing. So they would actually find guests in the park to sign up to sing in front of complete strangers. And they had a... Um, a fake celebrity, uh, I'm guessing it was, um, it was equity, um, judges. So they were, uh, they were Disney employees, judges. Uh, they, those weren't, those weren't other, you know, like you could, I could sit in the audience and watch uh, a complete stranger sing. Um, but yeah, they had judges and then they would sing Disney songs. And then the, again, you know, the judges, you know, and there was the mean guy and then there was the, you're my dog, dog guy uh and then they had the uh, paula abdul um you know i think you're wonderful you know that type you know so they had the same premise and uh yeah so people would actually win and then i think so if you won you would then i think get a i don't want to call it a fast pass but you would get an entry to the show and when i say an entry to the show i mean not on television you would at least be bypassed so that way you would get to see simon and paula and randy jackson um you know before you know in that little in that little audition room so you would at least get to go there if you won your day at uh the american idol attraction i never once got up there to sing i am not a singer so um better off for everyone. So we're going to move on February 7th, 2016. I was there as Kylo Ren makes his debut for meet and greets at the Star Wars launch bay at Hollywood Studios. Uh, I got there early. So I didn't have to, I, I don't think I waited too long, but yes, yeah, so I was there uh, the day Kylo Ren started meeting guests. Uh, you know, I can say that the Kylo Ren experience um, you know, entertainment did a great, great job doing the Kylo Ren meet and greets. I think he was eventually again, replaced by Darth Vader later on, but Kylo Ren, fantastic meet and greet opportunity. So we're going to move on to February 8th, February 8th, 1952 Lambert, the sheepish lion short makes its debut. Um, I think it's like a eight minute little short talking about Lambert, the sheepish lion, a uh, lion raised by a sheep, much like Elf, who is a human raised by elves. But this is a <laughs> lion raised by sheep and uh, picked on by the other lions and stuff. Fantastic. You can catch it on the Disney Plus. How do I know this? I've watched it on the Disney Plus. February 8th, 1960, Walt Disney receives two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for movies, one for television. Man, I don't even got one. I don't even have one. What do I got to do? Do I have to go and create an empire like Walt Disney in order to get my star? On the, I mean, you know, that's all I got to do? Fine. I'll do that. Do they have stars for podcasting? Um, <laughs> I've actually seen the Walt Disney star out there. Uh, I think I've seen one of them. I don't think, I think that they, are they together? I don't remember. I'll, I do know I've seen one. So uh, it's right out there on, on Hollywood Boulevard, um, right by the El Capitan, uh, the, uh, what is the, the Grauman's Chinese Theater and the Hard Rock Cafe. February 8th, 1993. So if you grew up watching television in the 90s, you knew that 
every single ABC show, especially like the, the TGIF shows, uh, stuff like that, every single one of those shows had an at least one episode where they shot at uh, either Disneyland or Disney World. They would be like, oh, we're going on vacation to Disney World. And it was basically just a 30-minute advertisement for Disney World. Uh, but in 1993, an NBC show actually filmed at Disneyland, and this was the premiere of B- Blossom. Um, so yeah, so Blossom filmed a an episode at Disneyland. And what was interesting about this, so it was an NBC show and not an ABC show, but Blossom was actually produced by Touchstone Television. Uh, you may be familiar with Touchstone Pictures. They produced uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So this was the television studio that was owned by Disney, but put out on NBC and not ABC. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, again, one of those few non-ABC shows that did an episode at Disney World or Disneyland. And speaking of Disneyland, February 8th, 2011, Disney's California Adventure, just adjacent to Disneyland Park, officially celebrates its grand opening and welcomes guests in. Um, And truth be told, it actually wasn't... Uh, they, it, it wasn't as a big deal as you might think. I, uh, they got about a third, maybe a half of what the actual attendance was expected to be. Um, so guests started lining up like the day before, uh, you know, like at noon the day before or whatever, or, uh, it, but yeah, they, um, they did not did not exceed expectations for a brand new Disney park. Uh, but this was 2001. We know how things have changed 20. I mean, we know how things have changed 20 years later. If they were to open up a brand new gate at a Disney park, especially like a Disneyland, it would, it would be capacity the day before. So, um, I love California adventure. Um, I love cars land. Pixar pier is a lot of fun. Uh, is just, I, I love, D- I love DCA, but I mean, I'm a Disneyland guy, but I just absolutely love DCA going over there. It's, I feel it's nice and quiet and kind of gets away from the hustle and bustle of the Disneyland. Um, and then February 8th, 2021, wait, has that happened yet? No, it hasn't. But if you are listening before, this will be the date that Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers celebrate their Super Bowl 55 victory down Main Street, USA at Walt Disney World. And if you're listening to this after and it didn't happen, um, they were cheating. Anyway, uh, February so February 9th. Come on, Bucks. Come on. Uh, February 9th, we're going to go back to 1914 and wish a happy birthday to Bill Justice a Disney legend. He started out uh, with the Walt Disney Company as an animator. He worked on Saludos Amigos, Three, uh, the Three Caballeros, Peter Pan, and then he, like a lot of other Walt Disney animators, moved on to become Imagineers for Disneyland Park, and he actually became a programmer for a lot of the audio animatronics during uh, for Disney land especially like their opening day attractions 
and throughout the years. So I, I don't know how somebody can go from uh, being an animator to an audio animatronic programmer. I can't even, I would, I, I was going to say I can't even program a VCR, but that would have dated me, but I never could figure out how to. So um, I'm lucky I can figure out where the record button is on this podcast to be able to bring it to you every week. So I definitely could not become an audio animatronic uh, programmer for the Walt Disney Company. So more power to you, Bill Justice. Happy birthday. Uh, February 9th, 1996, the Disney Institute opens. This was a Michael Eisner creation. The Disney Institute's unlike what you may be familiar if you hear about the Disney Institute, it's a, a cast member type uh, environment for, um, it's almost like a, a university for cast members, but this was actually a resort, the Disney Institute Resort. It was supposed to have, um, supposed to be an educational resort. So you would come to uh, the resort and if you didn't go to the parks, you could learn how to animate, you could learn how to hike, um, you could do all these educational things if you did not want to go and ride roller coasters at the Disney World. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but it pretty much closed. <laughs> uh, it actually took about, it took, I think it closed in 2003. Um, we actually did talk about this on the YouTube version of uh, This Week in Disney History, so we can go back and and listen to that. Um, it ultimately would become Saratoga Springs. So if you wanted to come to a Disney resort and learn how to do things instead of playing with things, you can no longer do so. I apologize. February 9th, 2006, a huge, huge day. This is the day that the Walt Disney Company reacquired the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Um, for folks not familiar, Oswald was a Walt Disney character that predated Mickey Mouse. So Oswald was Walt's first main character, lost the rights to NBC, well, to, well, I guess Universal. Um, and then uh, on this date in 2006, the Walt Disney Company got those rights back for Oswald. Now he's, um, a st well, he was a staple over at Disneyland. You can meet him. I met him at Walt Disney World. Uh, he he occasionally shows up at Disneyland Paris. He showed up for Disneyland Paris uh, fan days and brought his girlfriend, Hortensia, with him. That was a fantastic opportunity, and uh, I will never forget it. But yes, um, uh, so I think that same day, they uh, they also did some negotiations with NBC Universal for some ESPN football rights. Uh, there is a, a lot of negotiations going on, but Oswald the Lucky Rabbit came back home to the Walt Disney Company. And then the last thing on this date, February 9th, 2012, at least the last thing we're going to talk about on this date, 2012. Construction is completed for the Disney Cruise Line ship, the Fantasy. The Fantasy is the fourth of the original four ships. It's one of the big ones. Um, I absolutely, absolutely love the Fantasy. Um, I love the spa, uh, the adult area, 
Um, you know, like the bigger the ship, the better. And so like it was the last. So this was, again, 2012. So it's been uh, nine years uh, since we've had a new Disney cruise ship. And that will change, uh, I'm assuming, in 2022. So it'll be 10 years. And then the Disney Wish will hopefully have its inaugural voyage. And hopefully I will be on that inaugural voyage as well. So yes, but the fourth of the original uh, four ships, well, I think the first ship was uh, the Magic in, two, in 1998. So this was 14 years after the first one. The fourth and biggest ship, the Fantasy, is finally completed. Moving on to February 10th, 1935. Donald Duck makes his very first appearance in a Mickey Mouse comic strip. It's about time uh, he went on from uh, Wise Hen, Wise Little Hen, to pretty much taking over the Walt Disney World Company. If you ask me, Donald Duck is the icon for the Walt Disney World Company and not Mickey Mouse. Donald Duck, number one. And it's about time that he took over that Mickey Mouse comic strip. February 10th, 1951, Robert Iger, as I I know him, Bob, is born on this date. Uh, Robert Iger would become the uh, Walt Disney CEO, uh, just recently gave up that position and then took it over again and then gave up that position, um, unfortunately. So I guess we're going to... Uh, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you'll know that the Golden Mickeys has a, a little segment with with uh, Bob. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they make that change over to uh, Bob, well, the other Bob, the Bob's uh, Chapek. So not looking forward to that. February 10th, 2002, right? Yep, 2002, Those that's the, uh, the numbers I'm looking at. Return to Neverland has its world premiere. Return to Neverland, a sequel to uh, 1953's Peter Pan. Uh, the story on Return to Neverland, if you have never seen it, um, Wendy's daughter doesn't believe any of the stories that her mother tells her about Peter Pan, about Neverland. So, um, you know, it's very similar to Hook, which is a fantastic movie. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Peter Pan fans have probably seen this. Uh, I've seen it one time, and that was uh, that was pretty much enough for me. I mean, I like Peter Pan, but you know, like all the offshoots, the Tinkerbell movie, the fairies, uh, Return to Neverland. You know, and as I mentioned earlier, I'm just not into the sequels so much. Um, you know, where are we at? Uh, February 11th, 1949. There's a, a Donald Duck uh, short called Donald's Happy Birthday. And this, there was nothing really super important about this, but I just, I just had to talk about, um, by the way, it's not Donald's birthday. So it's interesting that there is a, um, a short, I think Donald's birthday is in June. So... Anyways, um, so the short comes out not on his birthday, but again, if you want to throw a surprise party for somebody, you throw it when it's not their birthday and they will be surprised. Anyway, so uh, again, not this is not a huge monumental uh, short cartoon, 
but it is really funny. Um, so Huey, Dewey, and Louie, you know, Donald's nephews. So they're trying to, they're trying to earn money so that way they can buy uh, a present for their Uncle Donald. You know, Uncle Donald does a lot for them. He takes them in. He takes them places. Uh, you know, and they aggravate the, the heck out of them. So, you know, they're trying to do something nice for them. Um, but Donald, not knowing what the what they're trying to raise money for, he tells them, hey, put your money away. Save it for a rainy day. Uh, you know, you know, save your money, kids. But they're like, nope, nope, nope. Anyway, so they end up buying their Uncle Donald a box of cigars. First off, I don't know how Huey, Dewey, and Louie, I mean, I don't even think their ages, well, maybe their ages combined are able to buy a box of cigars. But who is selling Huey, Dewey, and Louie a box of cigars, first off? So, um Anyway, they, they buy their Uncle Donald this box of cigars. And so when the reveal is is made, Donald thinks that Huey, Dewey, and Louie are the ones smoking these cigars. Not that they were a gift, but that they had actually been, been smoking. So to teach them a lesson, Donald forces Huey, Dewey, and Louie to smoke all the cigars. And a very important lesson was learned that day. Do not sell cigars to minors. Um, February, I mean, what a great story, right? What a fantastic, again, not monumental, but a fantastic story. Uh, moving on, February 11th, 2000, the Tigger movie is released in theaters. And uh, what is, uh, this one is actually, this one actually is very important because this is the first time that Pooh and all the Hundred Acre Woods friends have a um, a theatrically released feature film produced. So this is yes, this is the first feature film produced for the Hundred Acre Woods crew. Previously, they were um, shorts or featurettes or you know uh, just small video productions, uh, you know, whether they were 30 minutes long, you know, like Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day was not an, it was not a full length feature, it was a, a featurette. So uh, this was the very first time Pooh and his friends appeared in an original theatrically released feature film. Uh, let's see where are we at February 11th, 2004. Oh man, I remember. Man, I absolutely remember this day, and I remember watching the news and wondering if it was going to happen. But Comcast an- announces a hostile bid for the purchase of the Walt Disney Company, and uh, I was, you know, um, I think I was just getting ready to move to Orlando at this point, and was like, "Oh my gosh, is this going to ha- like is Comcast going to be a?" Like I don't, I didn't want them to purchase the Walt Disney Company. Walt Disney Company is the thing that purchases everybody else. You're not going to purchase the Walt Disney Company, um, and of course it it fell through. Um, I think Comcast now owns the the Universal, right, or is partners with the Universal. I don't know if they. I don't. I don't really pay attention, but I do know they have something to do with Universal, but not the owners of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, February 11th, 2005, so five years after the Tigger movie is released, another feature-length 100-acre woods film is released, 
and this would be Pooh's Heffalump movie. Uh, the Heffalumps were these little dream sequenced uh, elephants from uh, Winnie the Pooh in the Plushery Day. And now, uh, was it Lumpy? Um, <laughs> it's a full feature, you know, just like a side character gets a full, uh, a full movie. So, you know. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, uh, where are we at? February 11th, 2011. Hey, sad day, man, this one, this one, this one hurts, man. Uh, in preparation for a new fantasy land, uh, for construction to begin, this would be the last day for Mickey's Toontown Fair at the Magic Kingdom at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, you know, I still got Toontown over at Disneyland and Tokyo Disneyland, which it's amazing there. But Mickey's Toontown Fair, which was previously uh, Mickey's birthday land, um, has its last day uh, at the Magic Kingdom. A truly a sad, sad day. I loved going back to the Toontown Fair. You could meet Mickey in his house. Um, you can go and he had, you could, uh, he had his own, um, judging tent and that's where you met him. But, um, let's, let's move on. It's sad. Uh, February 11th, 2013 limited time, magic time. As you guys may have heard already, if you've been listening to the past couple episodes, you know, I am a huge fan of 2013's limited time magic. And this was True Love Week as we were coming up on Valentine's Day week. Um, this would go on from the uh, 11th, I think, to the 18th, 17th, something like that. It would last. It was it was a week, obviously, limited time magic. Uh, True Love's Week, you could meet princes and princesses together, at the, I believe, at the Magic Kingdom. And then they had some other food offerings and photo pass offerings, although they weren't really photo. You had to actually pay for them back then. So anyways, uh, they had a lot of Valentine's day treats and offerings. Um, now we just get like one day and it's like, um, a donut with, um, red sprinkles or something. So we're going to move on February 12th, all the way back to 1809, the birth of Abraham Lincoln, who you guys may know as the star of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln and the, and also the Hall of Presidents. Not sure what else he was known for, but he is a great, great host for those two great Disney attractions. Uh, February 12th, 1934, the Mickey Mouse trademark is filed for use in books and newspaper comic strips. Um, the trademark for for Mickey Mouse w for movie purposes and uh, television um, had already been filed back in 1928. And again, we are just seven years away from I possibly everybody getting to use Mickey Mouse. But yeah, so this was for use in, in books and uh, newspapers and comics and stuff like that. So um a little bit later after the 1928. So there was a gap of six years where somebody could have been like, you know what? I'm going to use Mickey Mouse in a book or a comic strip. Hmm. Slackers. Uh, and then February 12th, 2009, we had previously talked about um, the announcement for American Idol back in 2008. Well, here we are in 2009, 
and we have the grand opening of the American Idol attraction. Uh, Paula Abdul was there. I think uh, maybe it was Randy there. Um, Ryan Seacrest was there. Seacrest out. Um, I need like a cool little catchphrase like that when I end the show. So stick around. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come up with one uh, on the fly. Uh, but yeah, so grand opening of American Idol. Again, I never did it. I would love to hear from anybody out there who ever did the American Idol uh, attraction. If you got up on stage to do the singing, if you won, if you lost, if you won, what did you get? If you lost, what did you get? Did you get a t-shirt that said, I performed on American Idol at Disney Hollywood Studios and all I got with this was this stupid t-shirt? Um, I want to know. I want to know. So, so reach out to me. Uh, yeah, Twitters and, uh, Twitters and Insta DMs should be open at Milo Beasley show. Uh, February 13th, the last day that we are going to talk about this week, February 13th, 1996, while it wouldn't open for another two plus years, Epcot's test track preview center opens at, well, Epcot. So like Test Track wouldn't actually open up until December of 1998, but the preview center for the attraction opened up two plus year. Yeah. What is that? Two years. Yeah. Two plus years ahead of that. That is something that would never, that would never happen. Now we, they would never be like, I mean, while it does apparently take two years to do these attractions, um, they would never have, if, Hey, for instance, well, I mean, I guess they kind of do, right. They have a, a Tron preview center. Um, but it's, uh, over in what, Shanghai or Hong Kong. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you want to write, if you want to see the preview center for magic kingdoms, Tron, all you have to do is go to China. That's all. Uh, it would be kind of, man, it would be cool if they had, I guess they kind of do things like that in, uh, one man's dream, right? They have like, they did that for Toy Story Land. They had like a a little map um, of how it was going to look, but that was it, right? There's no center. That would be cool if they actually started doing that for some of these upcoming attractions. It might make that time that it takes to make the attraction seem a little bit less, especially if they updated the preview center as it went along. So again, if there's any Imagineers listening, Hey, have at it. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time that one of my ideas was taken by Imagineers, but we're going to skip that one because, you know, it's if you mention something and it's public knowledge, it's just whatever. Moving on to February 13th, 2000, a big day in Disney history, especially a big day in Disney merchandising history as Disneyland introduces a new pin trading program that score that corresponds with part of their 45th anniversary celebration. Uh, and, and now here we are. And so there had been, uh, a, you know, Disney pins available prior to February of 2000. Um, but it wasn't a big thing. So, um, Imagineers were at the, was it the Atlanta Olympics in 1996? And then within the Olympic Village area, uh, there's areas where all these people come with their Olympic pins and they want to trade for other Olympic pins, whether it be different 
uh, different events or, you know, let's say that, hey, I'm involved in skeet shooting. <laughs> I don't know why that was. If I was involved in Olympic wrestling and I really liked baseball and I wanted to trade for a uh, an Olympic baseball team, I would take my my wrestling pin and go over there and trade. Well, Imagineers saw this and thought it would be a great idea to bring back to the Disney parks, considering they were already selling pins, albeit not uh, on a grand scale, but already selling pins uh, on a smaller scale. So they brought this back in February 13, 2000, introduced this new pin trading program. It would open up to, you could trade for specific pins from cast members, and uh, it opens up, um, you know, for fellow Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disneyland Paris guest to interact and talk and just uh, trade pins and become friends. I've actually had a become friends with a lot of people via Disney pin trading. I have way, way too many pins. Um, if you would like to see stuff that I collect, please, again, hit me up. Be like, hey, show me your collection. What do you collect? Or, hey, I collect too. Let's, uh, let's make some trades. Um, so yeah, also on that same day, February 13th, 2000, as part of the 45th anniversary celebration, there is a preview showing of the 45 years of magic parade at Disneyland. February 13th, 2007, we talked about, uh, in last week's episode, we talked about the first people staying at the Dream Suite at Disneyland. Well, this would be the first time that Walt Disney World visitors were able to stay in the Cinderella Castle Suite as part of the Disney Dreams giveaway. I haven't, I would, man, I would, I would give anything to be able to stay in that Cinderella Castle Suite. Not anything. I just give money. If there was a way to, to buy it, I would I would do it. Uh, again, I never won a single thing from uh, Disney Dreams, the Year of a Million Dreams. I have never won anything from Disney without giving them money first. That's winning, right? Hey, I'm going to give you this $20 bill. You're going to give me that. Yeah, I won. February 13th, 2003, Oz, the great and powerful premieres, never saw it. But something I did see moving on for the last thing this week. I'm just, hey, it happened. People saw it. I wasn't one of them. February 13th, 2016. The last thing that we are going to talk about this week. Zootopia has its world premiere. Uh, This would happen at the Brussels Animation Film Festival in Belgium. So yes, Zootopia world premiere at a film festival in Belgium. It would, I think, what are we at? February 13th. So yeah, it would It would be almost a month later before the film is released in the United States on March 4th. And I bet you on March 4th, spoilers for a month down the road, we will be talking about Zootopia. I'm probably going into way more details. Absolutely love the film. In fact, I, I just watched it last week. It is such a good movie. Just, uh, and you know, it speaks to, it speaks to a lot of things going on right now, but, um, yeah, just, I could watch that one over and over and over. Uh, so yeah, that'll be it 
for this week. So thank you for hanging out with me for these 35 or so minutes. Hopefully your car ride, your uh, treadmill, your gym, uh, wherever you are listening to me, uh, hey, it could be on your couch while you're trying to watch something else. So thank you for hanging out with me this week. I absolutely appreciate it. Again, uh, tell your friends, subscribe on the iTunes, Spotify, uh, com slash podcast, wherever. Just hit that subscribe button and hit the share button. Tell your friends, please come hang out with me uh, in my studio. I mean, you can't really, you can't come to my, anyways, I gotta go. Seacrest out.